welcome to another episode of the DC Comics Chronicles. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, the Emerald Enthusiast, Donnie. Donnie? What's up, comic book fans? It's a man who will rent you a pontoon boat to ride through the confluence. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. (laughs) I always wonder, what is he going to say this week? (laughs) Um, But uh, welcome, Donnie. It's It's good to be back discussing... Uh, what's happening in the pages of DC Comics. Yes. Um, now, as the audience can see, or at least the viewing portion of the audience, as the viewing portion of the audience can see, I am now recently obsessed with background because on our last Krypton's Legacy, a Superman podcast, which you can find on YouTube and Podbean and iTunes. How did I do that, Daniel? With the pod, good? Yeah, you got it. Okay, good. Our, co- uh, our guest co-host, uh, Mario uh, Francisco Robles uh, had a, a, a Fortress of Solitude uh, background. And once I figured out how to hide the, the background, I said, "Wow, I like these backgrounds. I'm gonna have a good background." So, uh, but Donnie's got a great background. I mean, his room is a great background. So, yeah, Donnie doesn't need green green backgrounds. <laughs> you know, so. I'll put a lot of time into this background. Yeah, right. Exactly. So <laughs> you might as well show it up. A lot of time and money, so you might as well flaunt it. Uh, but. Um, We've got three sort of big uh, comics. Uh, well, two two bigger ones, two big debuts, and, and a finale uh, to cover. Um, but before we get there, and I, I start announcing which comics we're doing, um, let's do first things first, social media plugs. So after this show, if people think you're absolutely insane and want to call you out on it, where could they do that on social media? <laughs> yes, you can give me heat on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. You can also check out my YouTube channel where I do various comic book related product reviews. Fantastic. And I recommend following him on, uh, on social media. He's a great follow. And definitely check out his videos because his product reviews will make you want to buy all those products or at the very least do what I want to do. Steal them from Donnie himself. Uh, <laughs> so one of the two, but I recommend watching them the less. Uh, all right, and if you want to follow me and be part of my uh, my uh, squad to, to, to infiltrate Donnie's room, you can do that at Adam underscore Leesfan, and we'll talk. We'll, we'll come up with a plan, uh, provided Amanda Waller doesn't have any chips in her heads uh, <laughs> to do so, <clears throat> uh, or we can just talk about comics and and, and comic related media. Mm. Uh, so at Adam underscore Leesfan on Twitter the link to the Facebook group will be at the bottom of the page somewhere uh, click that uh, ask for permission to join the group I will add you, we can continue the conversation there if you if you like and the Twitter handle for the podcast network itself is at MMNPDC so there you go follow us both there and also just a shout out just to Bug Steven Follow Stephen. Ask him about tea, pancakes, coffee. Uh, I mean, he'll he'll gladly talk about Superman too. It's at Steve Bob nineteen eighty four. Ask him why he still hasn't made Diane and myself muffins, and, and <laughs> see if you can help us out getting those muffins. That's uh, right. But all that out of the way, Donnie, uh, I would be remiss if I, uh, remiss if I didn't ask you, what have you been reading and watching? Uh, as far as watching, still continuing to make my way through Supergirl, uh, Black Lightning, 
many of the you know the remaining Arrowverse shows, WandaVision, obviously. Yeah. And as far as reading, in addition to these comics, uh, which I, I do want to issue just a little bit of a caveat here. I like to usually read comics through two, three, four times before I do a podcast. Obviously, these are brand new. So if I make any mistakes or Adam makes any mistakes, obviously we haven't had the time to go back and reread these because they're so new. Yeah, we'll but we, it, yeah. yeah we want to cover what's going on with Future State and Infinite Frontier. Yeah. Uh, also want us a shout out. This is one that I didn't think I would pick up, but I got it. This is uh, Vixen. This is uh, Truth and Justice. It's by Jeffrey Thorne, who is taking over Green Lantern. Obviously, that, that's why I bought it, because I'm um, getting more of a feel for Jeffrey Thorne's writing, and I wanted to see how he, how he did with this. Not a character that I usually read, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. So, uh, cool. Yeah, very cool. So uh, That's digital as well, right? It's available digitally? Yeah, available digitally, and this, this is a variant cover, but I, I believe the, the price is $4.99. So, yeah. All right, I will have to check that out. Uh, digitally, uh, I'll go to Comixology and, and pick up how whatever issues are, are there yeah. and check it out for sure. Uh, and um, yes, so what have I been reading? What have you been reading? Well, that's a very good question. I have been reading in terms of, of well, actually, I can pull, I can pull it out because I actually have it here. It's not actually, you know what, I'm gonna get. Does it, does it have to be? Let me see. It's not DC related, but it is one of my favorite characters, and it led to the creation of, uh, or it's it influenced one of the creation of my other uh, favorite characters, and that's Batman. Uh-huh. But the issue I'm going to show you is uh, Zorro, Galleon of the Dead, number three. Oh wow! Yeah, definitely a, a huge. Uh... See, I don't know if you can see that. No, you just disappeared. All I can see is your hand right now. That's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, yeah, so it doesn't work with the background. You're like you're like disappearing in and out of the speed force. It's, I'm it's, the invisible mind. <laughs> there we go. Um, I love, it reminded me of that scene where, like, you know, Wally was breaking up in the speed force yeah, and Barry yeah. pulled him out. That was awesome. So well, it's, it, I can't show you the cover, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> Zoro's on the cover. Spoilers. <laughs> but you were going to yeah. say something about Zorro. Definitely, you were saying definitely. Uh, definitely, you know, huge in the formation of Batman, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, anytime you read Zorro, that's, uh, you know. It's funny, you know, it's funny because I always, when I was a kid, I was a fan of Zorro before I was Batman. Like, I, I came, I was, it was roughly around the same time, but I remember seeing Zorro first. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to, I, my, my mom used to, we used to have the, I guess it was Family Channel back then, or whatever. Probably it was. something along those lines. So. And they used to have the black and white, you know, the Guy Williams Zorro, the Disney one. Oh yes, I watched that definitely. Which yeah. to my, which, and I'm going to say this is going to upset a lot of people, but I'm yeah. Listen, I've been upsetting people, depending on who you ask, since I was born, <laughs> probably. So this is nothing new, but I always say, and part of it's true. In terms of Disney and superheroes, that Zorro show is one of the best things that they've they've, they've put out. Um, so I love it. Uh, so that was the first thing I watched. I, re- I remember seeing in terms of superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, obviously he's not super hard. So the, the super part of it is, is in quotation, but you know what I mean? Uh, and then I naturally 
I didn't gravitate away from Zorro, but I, I gravitated also towards Batman, which then when you read Batman and realize that the night of his parents' death or murder, they went to go see a Zorro film. Right. It's, and then it's like you read the story and but let's see, both are, are quite wealthy, both live in mansions, both have a cave hidden underneath their mansion, both use a method of transportation that is black, one is a horse, the other is a, is a vehicle. Yeah. Or is it a form of a vehicle? So all the similarities, and I, I just love the character, uh, and so I, I. Yeah, you de- you definitely see the influence there. It's it's very obvious. So. so and I and I used to pick up. Remember remember not only the fifties show, Donnie, but remember they had one in the nineties as well, and then it started Duncan Regeer. Remember from the Monster Squad? He played Dracula. Oh, I believe I remember that yeah. too. Yeah, and he also plays. So then. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but this is a little bit of, of kind of, well, interesting, but also generally useless information. But <laughs> to go along with that show, uh, Marvel was publishing at the time comics based on the show. And those were the first comics I ever owned, and I still have them. And they're Oh, great. interesting, yeah. And by the way, they're in great condition, because I kept good care of my comics, damn it. Oh, and, good for you, man. <laughs> and, and I'm very proud of those. And... Um, yeah, just brought, but when I saw that on the when I when I was making when I was putting my order in for comics and I saw that the, that there were new co- Zorro comics out, I'm like, I, I you know what? I probably don't have much space on my pull list, but I have to. I, I right. just couldn't. <laughs> and I enjoy the story. I'm enjoying the story, so it's it's cool. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm reading and watching. Because since reading this story, I, I decided I'm going to go back and revisit the the Zorro show from the '50s. So it ties into what I'm reading and watching. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, now, now I do not have my comics from when I was a kid because I would read them so many times that I would absolutely wear them out. So the comics I do have, I have repurchased as an adult. So well, you know what? The, the company that's making this Zorro comic is reprinting the Marvel, the issue one of the Marvel comic. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do, should I get the reprint, even though I have the number one really in, in almost. Perfect condition. Should well, I get the reprint? Way, that way, you know, you can do that and you can keep reading the reprint and you don't have to keep putting your fingers uh, on sure. the old one. Now, yeah. now, you've made, now you've made me uh, accept that I'm going to spend more money. But yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, there we go. Done. Probably, I have no willpower. See, I'd never make it as a Green Lantern, folks. I have zero willpower. When it comes to spending my, my money on geek stuff, I got zero. I, I, I can't. I just, I, zero willpower. Well, I, I, I will tell you, when I go into a comic shop, that's one of the few places where, yeah. again, my willpower is tested. <laughs> you know, most people waste money on strip joints. I waste it at the comic store. Uh, <laughs> okay. But uh, that's, not, that's a whole different podcast. Uh, uh, that, yeah. If this was a Zorro podcast, which, let's be honest, I may start one day. It's not another question. I would say from the first mark of the Z to the last, but I, it's not. But I just have to get that out there. So yeah. there it is. Now we can move on with the, with the actual portion of the show, uh, which is we're going to be review. We're going to pick up on Future State Aquaman number two. We're going to review that, and then we're going to move into the brand new Crime Syndicate number one. It's a six-part miniseries, and then we're going to end the show with our review of Infinite Frontier number zero, which is the start of the new era of DC comics so a lot of big revelation there that one's we're going to save that one for last because there's so much to deal with that's the plan yeah so that's let's get right to it 
Aquaman, or Future State Aquaman, number two. Number two. What's going on? What's going on with Aquaman? What's going on with Aquaman? Well, it's really more than just Aquaman. Uh, yeah. This one centers around, the last issue centered around Jackson Hyde. This one centers around Andy Moore. Um, it's a lot of the same events that you saw before, but this is from her point of view. And we saw in the last issue that she lost a leg. She was gravely injured. And so we see, and, and that's, you know, the, uh, pretty gory for, for DC. Uh, um, I'm very much impressed with the art, but the story opens up with, it says, six years ago, Aqua Lass lives. Uh, so some of this, in fact, a lot of this is flashback from year to year. So what was your impression of the opening well, scenes I, in this? I do like the, stru- the, the structure of it, you know, from year to year. That, that aspect of it was quite unique. Uh, and you're right about the losing a, a, a lake part. That is for a DC book. Yeah, that's that's quite quite you know grim. And also, yeah. it reminds me of those those shocking moments, like when Wonder Woman snapped uh, 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 Maxwell Lord. Yeah, his neck yeah. with the, with the lasso, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was in that vein of oh my god, I can't believe I just saw that. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, you see all the like all the blood that's like kind of you know in in, in streams throughout the ocean, yeah, and she's yeah. laying on the beach and she's you know grabbing her leg and screaming. So it's very well drawn, though. I mean, oh, very it's much so. Yeah, yeah, terrifically beautiful. If, you, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, horrifically beautiful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, and then. Where does uh, what, what what grabbed you next? What, what well, that? she's on the beach and she starts having these uh, interactions with the glimmerfish. Mm. Now, those are not, that's not something that I know. Glimmerfish is that something that's been in Aquaman's mythos before? It's not anything that I've seen before or that mm. I that I, I recall. So it may be it may be something new to this story, uh, uh, and could it be something? Uh, could it be a species uh, as a result of the con- what, it, what was it called the confluence? Yes, the confluence. Yeah. Yes. Could that be? Could that have created it, or you know, had a hand in this? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It could be. This, you know, because yeah. I've never seen it before. So. No, that's not. And and again, I, I don't always read Aquaman regularly. Yeah. Uh, I really wish they were continuing this story. Of course, we we talked about it last episode of Comics Corner that. They're not going to have an Aquaman book for a while. Has that changed yeah. or anything? Yeah, because I'd, I'd like to see you know a lot it's, of this continued. It hasn't changed, but I, I've noticed that some Future State characters are getting their own books as part of the Future State timeline. So is that a possibility? I think, look, Aquaman is going to be back in print. Right. Yeah. Real soon, in terms of his own book. It just, what direction do they take? Because you know, when Aquaman 2 comes around they're going to want to have an aquaman title of course on yeah. the stand so it's just a matter of time i i, I definitely want uh, more aquaman books so hopefully hopefully it's just part of the, the larger rollout because you know we, we've heard news that supergirl is getting a six issue or a, is it six or eight issue miniseries mm-hmm. it's called supergirl woman of tomorrow but written by tom king right which normally I'd be rolling my eyes, but after uh, after reading Batman and Catwoman, I'm kind of willing to give him another. You know, I'm liking that story so much that I'm willing to give him another go. 
Um, so, I mean, and yeah, you, you just like it when Batman and Catwoman are together, you know, the Bat Cat forever. <laughs> well, no, 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 listen, you know, I'm not in that. I, I've fired co hosts in the past, Donnie. You and Steven, you and Steven like to push my buttons. You're gonna, I'm kidding, no, no, hey, yeah, poser, but, yeah, no, but he's, he, listen, four, I gotta give him credit, four issues into that, he's impressed with me, so I'll give the Supergirl run a shot, and listen. Not to disparage anyone, but I really didn't like the uh, the Future State Supergirl. So anything is could be an improvement on that, in my opinion. So okay, uh, you know the character deserves a good run. She's been it's been lacking for her, but that has nothing to do with Aquaman. So let's yeah. let's so uh, yeah, let's get back to this. We actually see Andy's leg be healed in a very uh, magnificent image. Of now, I, I was a little confused. I'm like, was it? The glimmerfish themselves, I think, or was it like they're using part of the water to like repair her leg and give her this leg? What was your impression there? I kind of hope that it's them using the water because it would kind of mimic, not in the same fashion, but remember when Aquaman had that water hand? It, yes, yeah. It would. I mean, it's not the same thing, but her leg being from the water mm-hmm. would kind of be a nod to Aquaman's history. And yeah. I kind of I dig that. So that's the way I'm choosing to interpret it. Now, I could be way off. Uh, you know, we may have to tweet the artist and see what he uh, what he thinks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that's how but I interpret it. Re- regardless, I really like that imagery of her yeah. being, you know, having yeah. one of her limbs from the ocean. I thought that was Don, really cool. Donnie, you're going to get to see a lot, of the, uh, a lot of this artist's imagery when we start covering action comics. Because yep. he's taking over Action Comics, so a lot more beautiful imagery to look at mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely like the art. We will, of course, rate when we get toward the end. But I really yeah. like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, now this goes into flashback mode, and we see Andy and Jackson together, and it says lesson hunting. So we see them, presumably, you know, six years before, and they're learning to hunt without their powers. Right. Yeah. No, I, I again. I like that that each each part of this each mi- let's call it mini chapter of this of this issue is them learning a lesson and and them furthering their uh, prowess as heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I think that's very very uh, that's a very good like, like I commented early. That's great for the story because when you're dropped in to the future state timeline, these people are already the heroes they've become in most cases. So you never got to see that hero's journey where now we're, we're seeing the hero's journey, which I, I really like. Right. And you actually see that, obviously, you know, she wasn't good at it in the past. You see her kind of snapping a bow as she tried to pull it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But well, not like... everybody could be Green Arrow, right? So. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Unless you're on the Arrow show and you learn it through osmosis. Right. Know? And then well, everybody can be, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> how, how good are you, are you at bow hunting? <laughs> oh, I'm an expert. I, mean, I, I just look at Stephen and I picked up right away. I was like, okay. Oh, I, I'm like Roy. I know how to do it. All right, let's go. Oh, there you go. Well, Andy, it seems here, did learn her lesson because we see her back in the present because you do see the, you know, the ocean-enhanced leg, and yeah. you see that she's caught her dinner, and she spitted it, and it's roasting on a fire. Uh, again, another powerful image there. So, oh, it, uh, I mean, like I said, 
I know it's impossible, but if I could, I'd have this artist draw as many of the DC characters as he could possibly draw. Mm -hmm. uh, because he's just... I mean, it's only two issues, but the more we see of it, if he keeps this kind of quality up on Action Comics, he may quickly catapult him into my top ten favorite artists. Yeah. Quite, quite quickly. It's quite possible. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, too. The, the next panel, too, we again, it flashes back, and we see Jackson and Andy together again. They're confronted by these, you know, turtle people, and those are just magnificently drawn. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, and again, I think doing a book like Aquaman really can stretch your not stretch but showcase your talent as an artist because imagine all the monsters the creatures the sea creatures you have to draw mm -hmm. you know in addition to Aquaman and superheroes so there's so much that you can draw working on Aquaman that I really think it's a showcase it really is a showcase of an artist's capabilities much like Green Lantern with all the constructs right Oh yes, that that you know that that was one of the things that originally you know attracted me to Daryl Banks was because he was yeah. able to do the constructs like that. Yeah. And by the way, you can listen to us on the Emerald Echo talk about Green Lantern on iTunes and Podbean. Yeah, very and, special uh, episode coming up very soon. Uh, exactly. There's been a little bit of a delay with the, with Emerald Echo because I wanted to save this particular episode for a specific point in time. Right. And and it's nearing. Uh, I sound like the Grim Reaper there, but. <laughs> it's not what that's not how I meant it to sound, but yeah, it's gonna be yeah. exciting. There you go. Sound like Necron, just you know, threaten yeah, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but flashing back again, it says uh lesson, and I really liked how it said this here, instead of hand to hand combat, it said lesson throw hands. And you see Andy and Jackson <laughs> training together um underwater in hand to hand combat, and she's throwing punches very quickly. Yeah. And but yeah, go ahead, sir. When, when you have par when your parents are Aquaman and, and Mira, you I mean by default you better be at some point you better grow into that badass role because if you don't, then it's on you because you've got the genes to uh, you know to really take up that mantle and be 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 a powerhouse in the DC universe. For me, this is a nice change of pace because I like the backdrops. I'm so used to, you know, being a cosmic reader of, yeah, yeah. you know, cosmic titles to see like all this aquamarine life and, you know, all, all of the, the, the water backdrops. I really just like how that looks. That's again, it's very different for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a departure as to, you know, what I usually, usually read. So. Yeah. And I think expanding into more, more, more DC characters as, as we're going to be doing, you know, outside of our Green Lantern reviews, like, it's just going to give you a, like, so much even like it'll make you'll see different different uh, different focuses you know in different books and from different artists yeah and then when you go by when we do go back to the, the spacefaring green lantern stuff it's i think it'll 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 make that it'll double that wow factor when you go back to it because right stepping away from that for a bit and then going back to it is like oh well you know it's like, it's like being up in space and seeing it for the first time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it'll have that effect, which is, and giving the artist that's coming on Green Lantern, oh boy. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so back in the present, we see that 
Andy's defending herself on the beach with a great sidekick, by the way. Uh, she um, and I don't, I don't mean like a sidekick as in a character. I mean as yeah, a, an actual sidekick. A, a, yeah, an actual yeah, sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and so she's obviously learned these lessons. You see the correlation between the lesson in the past and how she's using it uh, in the present. So, yeah, and she was like, you know, back off, you stupid frogs, hands off all my stuff. And, yeah, she is, <laughs> she's taking them out. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So back in the past, we see the lesson is perseverance. So what, what was your impression of the perseverance thing? Like I said, I, I, I really like this because this issue... We see our heroes really being put through their paces, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just refreshing because unless you're um, unless you're reading an origin story like let's you know uh, Batman Year One or, or uh, Secret Identity. You know, mm -hmm. Superman secretly, or, or something of that nature. We don't, you know, when you're reading the DC Universe consistently, you're often getting, uh, you're often getting, you, your heroes are established. They, they've been doing this for years. I, I love that they, we're getting this ground up sort of approach to Aquaman, you know, Aquaman and Aqualas and, and all that stuff because. Every time that I've come into Aquaman, they've never really... I mean, Jeff Johns' run kind of did flashbacks, but mm -hmm. it's never been from the ground up. It's always... He's like he's already... He already knows what he's doing. The flashbacks are just there to... Yeah, this is, ve this is yeah. very much from the ground up. Yeah, so. this, is, this, yeah. this is like the... This is like the... the in, in terms of... Uh, this is like the Batman Begins of this version of Aquaman, where you're very much getting... Yeah. And the fact that a lot of it's happening in, in issue two, as opposed to issue one, I think, again, it goes to the clever aspect of the story's setup. Right. Well, we see back on the beach that everything that she has set up to kind of exist on the beach, uh, that gets destroyed by a tidal wave, and so she's back in the ocean... And she's intent on going and rescuing Jackson. So then we see another flashback. And by the way, I really love this image of, and it says lesson patience. And you see the two of them on like mountaintops and she's doing like a martial arts, like a crane pose almost. And he's yeah. meditating. Yeah. Crank I it. really yeah, like it. that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and again, you see her back in the present, and she is swimming along, swimming along, and uh, yeah, so I, I really like how that kind of goes back and forth. You kind of have to make sure that you're paying attention, because the only kind of cue that you're going to get visually is the leg. So, yeah, it's easy to get confused here, but if you pay attention, this is a really great story. No, really, yeah, that's the only kind of caution that I would give, is that that kind of story framing if you're not used to it or you're not expecting it it could be confusing could be construed as like I, I i wouldn't blame somebody if they got confused right and we we see a couple panels here where they give you very quick flashbacks she's going through the confluence and it's five years ago three years ago one year ago and uh a lot of again you see that you know the frog people um 
you see some kind of apes, uh, her kind oh. of, you know, flying on this, you know, giant shark-like thing. It's very interesting. And, it, it, and when you when you describe it, it's kind of like a, like one of those horror movies, like a B horror movie. <laughs> when you describe it, it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you finally see her. She comes to this uh, Neptune's most fortified deep sea prison, and that's where we see that Jackson has yeah. been held for yeah. six years. And it says Aquaman lives, and he's he's obviously being tortured. He's obviously being imprisoned. But she smashes her way in, and uh, there's a very kind of brutal fight. But I really like how, and of course, you know, I like the image of her smashing into the prison, and it says "Aqua Woman Returns." Yeah, and and that fight scene, the rescue scene, as I call it, I think that's really a call. Like that's the culmination of all the lessons that we've seen them go through. Mm-hmm. Like that's the payoff. Yeah, and. You're right. It was brutal, but man, was it so so fun to read and watch play out. Right. Like, and and we're not done with the lessons either because it yeah. says lesson vengeance. Yeah. And of course, she's angry that her brother has been held for six years. Yeah. And you know, she is just you know she is taking it out on on his captors. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I'm going to kill them all. I'm not going to let them get away for what they did. Yeah. And I really, this is my favorite line in the whole comic. Yeah, where yeah. he says, "Break them all the way down, but leave them alive, so they remember who did it. Don't yeah. kill them, but let them know that yeah. that you know you're yeah. the one who broke them all the way down." I thought that was he, just because yeah. he even says, "We don't do that. We, we don't like, referring to killing." Right. It's like we, you know, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah, so. that's the the lesson of restraint. That's what that panel yeah. says. And again, it's like if you're gonna, there. I prefer all things be in certain circumstances. I understand if it happens, <clears throat> but I prefer when my heroes don't kill because, again, with the exception of like the Punisher or somebody of that nature, um, you know, there's something to be said about that restraint and how not going to that level if it can at all be avoided. Well, and it wasn't necessary in this yeah. instance. Yeah, so, it makes yeah. it makes our characters stand above the villains they fight. Right. Whereas if you're just going to kill, just because you can, okay, you you may be killing a really evil individual, but doesn't that kind of devalue what you're doing a little bit because you've not made yourself judge, jury, and executioner? So, yeah. So I I really appreciate that 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 aspect of it was in there yeah it's not a no killing rule like batman but the the, the principle is there that we look if we can avoid if there's no need to to do it then, then don't do it yeah and then again we see this you know after they escape we see this tearful reunion yeah. a lot of beautiful imagery yeah. there at the end and them swimming through the confluence so and even if you don't read the words the imagery sells the emotion i, I mean that emotional yeah. embrace was probably in a book full of amazing pages. That had to be some of my, my favorite work of the issue. Yeah. And and I will say this, too. I really thought that the art sold the narrative. You weren't, like, you know, uh, inundated with so much dialogue that yeah. it, that it, that it uh, you know, that, that it hindered the storytelling in any way. It really... 
the, yeah. the dialogue correlated to what you were seeing very well, and it kept 100%. the pace going. Yes, hundred yeah, percent agree. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, or you want to uh, want to rate this? No, like I said, I'm just I'm sad that we're not getting you know an issue three. <laughs> I would uh, like it to keep going, but yeah. let, let, let's hope there's more on the horizon. Uh, right, and, uh, from the first issue to the last. <laughs> indeed, 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 indeed. Well done, well done. Right. <laughs> I was well just saying, you, are you going to fire me for uh, uh, co-opting your catchphrase? No, no. If it's done well, I applaud it. <laughs> If it's butchered, then you know we got problems. But okay, uh, uh, but yeah. So as 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 we do with comics, five for story and five for art. So what would you what would you rate it? Oh, five and five. I love this issue. Five and yeah. five. For yep. me, it's five across the board. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, great finale. It wraps things up, but leaves you wanting more, and that's exactly, in my opinion, what a good finale should do. Right. So awesome. now we, we are on to Crime Syndicate. Welcome to Earth 3. It's a limited series, one of six. Yeah. And uh, this is a group of supervillains that, that I've always liked, by the way. Obviously, they're you know kind of an analog of the Justice League and you know kind of a, a negative mirror version of the Justice League. Yeah, they're, they're um, the... the uh, yeah, exactly. You think about it in Star Trek terms. They're the mirrorverse version of, of, of the Justice League, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great start, though. I, I, I love the fact that we're basically getting an origin issue for the crime syndicate. Uh, uh, sorry, an origin series because as the book starts, they operate. Um, separately i mean they don't even <clears throat> fully come together by the end of the issue yeah they're they're separate entities so we are in fact seeing their origin story <clears throat> and the reason why this is a a number one through through a number one of six <clears throat> is because this is obviously taking place in the context of the events that happen in uh, the uh, the dark knights uh <clears throat> what is it metal yeah, death metal. This death metal, yeah. this picks up on events that were uh, that were solidified in death metal. It says, you know, a, a new multiverse was forged and new worlds born and reborn. So you see that this this is kind of an upside down world because it even says where Benedict Arnold was a founding father of the United States for international listeners of America, America spelled with a K, and tyranny reigns. A world where good does not always triumph in the end. Welcome to New Earth Three. Kind of, all, kind of, almost sounds like the last four years for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not go there. Yeah, I thought I had that thought too. <laughs> oh boy! Oh. I'm, sorry, I couldn't re- it, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> it hit a li- it hit a little too close to home, but uh, yeah. This, <laughs> this story is called uh, the New Deal Part One: Strange Visitor. So. Um. I really like the scene where they did the whole um, revisit of the uh, JFK shooting yeah. with a twist. Uh, what, very much a twist. Obviously, it shows America celebrating because he was assassinated because he was a tyrant. Which yeah, is obviously, you no. Know, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, but who is he? The, the, the fun thing, is, not the fun thing, but 
the interesting is it's not fun watching somebody get assassinated, but so it's the wrong choice of words. But the interesting thing is who assassinated him. Yeah, it's Ultraman as, yeah. as a child. That is, I guess, Ultra Child. It's it would be Kal El of Earth Earth Three. Right. Right. Uh, the, the whole opening scene gives me bright burn movie vibes, which you know. Yeah. Well, and it, it even takes place on Elm Street, so there's another horror movie nod yeah. right there. <laughs> and because and, remember, when 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 Brightburn was coming out, you know, I kept telling everybody to me when I look at it, this is just Ultraman. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, like, I would call that movie the Ultraman movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of interesting, um, and I like the fact that we got a little, we got to spend a little bit of time with each one of our. Our crime syndicate members, right? So well, again, it flashes forward with you know into Metropolis, and it yeah. says you know he's he watches you. Yeah. So Ultraman is you know definitely ruling with an iron fist at this point. Where, where Superman protects, he, this guy watches, and mm -hmm. if you say anything negative about him, he uh, property damages the is not is not accidental like it was in Man of Steel. It's purposeful because you see him throw throw you know. The, the newspaper truck through the Daily Planet window. Yeah, he goes after the Daily Planet. He he burns up one of the papers with his heat vision, and then yeah. he throws a truck into the Daily Planet. Yeah, because Kat is the is the editor, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and he doesn't like the way she's writing about him. Yeah, and we're talking about him, so he he isn't too happy, and he takes it on on the paper and her by doing that. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and speaking of Brightburn, as far as horror goes, the the image you see of him as he kind of floats into the Daily Planet with his eyes glowing red, man, does he look scary! <laughs> yeah, and the art really works in this issue. Oh yes, <laughs> the art is really really good. <clears throat> um, the then we get a little bit of uh, I forgot what her name is the the Wonder Woman. Analog. Uh, oh, you talk Superwoman. Superwoman. Yeah, yes, yes. But in this universe, it's is it Donna Troy? Is that? Right? Uh, yeah, I believe it was. We're not there yet. We're still on. Yeah. He's confronting Cat yeah. Grant, okay, and yeah, yeah. and she threatens him with the you know this world's protector is Alexander Luthor. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, crap hit the fan in this universe. When Alexander Luther, when a Luther is the is the hero, like you know, stuff is backwards when he's yeah. And you know what? What's interesting? We just talked about you know at the <laughs> the top of the show, where you're like, yeah, does this hit close to home? He actually uses the phrase "fake news." He's like, oh, yeah, you run yeah. more fake news about me, and I'll kill your entire staff, even the janitors. So yeah, yeah, he does, Ultraman doesn't play around. Yeah, definitely not. Uh... Definitely not, and yeah, it's it's always interesting to see that different spin on Lex. So we'll see how that plays out when, when we actually see him. If I'm assuming we'll see him, yes, uh, we don't this issue, but yeah, I'm assuming he'll he'll appear. Well, yeah, and it cuts to the White House, and you were talking about Superwoman. She has this world's version of Oliver Queen. That's President. Oh, president Queen. Yeah, yeah, President, and she has him tied up, and he's upside down. Yeah, some, and she was extracting whatever information she wanted from him. Yeah. 
she clearly had him uh, under her uh, control. Uh, luckily, uh, some some agents busted in because mm-hmm. I had a feeling some weird kinky stuff was going to go down had they not. <laughs> just, no, well, just by the way it was written, that, that's where I, I yeah. mean, where, where's this going? Because it seems, <laughs> seems like it's gone somewhere where, <laughs> you know. I have to double check the rating on the book. I'm like, yeah, not it, it would have gone somewhere not PG. So anyway, yeah. uh, so after that, the scene cuts to Coast City, and we're treated to an interesting exchange here, where a civilian's kind of getting uh, accosted by a cop, and the guy says, you know, he he gives him heat over his hoodie, and he says, you dress like a hoodlum, you get treated like a hoodlum, and I'm like, hey, I have lots of hoodies. <laughs> you know what? You know the sad fact is. This book looked a lot more like our real world. Yeah, than, than, yeah. I, than, I, wanted, comfort, yeah. than I care to admit. Like yeah. that's the, that's the sad fact about it is that you'll see. Unfortunately, we've seen police behave like this. Right. Well, and this part of the story features surprise, surprise, my favorite uh, character in the crime syndicate, which is Power Ring. Yeah. Really, I'm shocked by that, Don. <laughs> I, I would have never guessed that that would be your. Well, and this in particular, this is the John Stewart version of Power Ring. We obviously we've seen other Power Rings in the past, yeah, including Hal and Jessica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, he yeah. was a cop in this universe at one yeah. point. Yeah, it was, and he actually mentions that here. Yeah, yeah. But that, this obviously this John Stewart is not above killing because he kills both the cop and the civilian. Yeah, both of like, you, he says, both of you stand accused, theft for one, and preying on the weak for the other. And he just kind of just murders them straight out. Basically, you both suck. I'm taking. I'm taking you both out. That's essentially what. It, uh, yeah. You know what? As bad as bad as that, that that comes across when you say he, you know, essentially incinerates the both of them. I think he's the most heroic of the bunch. Like like. He doesn't do anything. Well, he but, brings them up and drops them kind of but, mercilessly. Right, but yeah. they, I mean, they're both. Yeah. One is accused of doing bad things. The other one is doing bad things. So, realistically, what you see him do is basically handle two bad people that have been accused of doing, you know. Yeah. So, really, of all the characters, he still remains the most heroic at this point. Right. Although, yeah, obviously, it's it's overkill. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, they, oh, yeah. He just executes them. But it's oh, yeah. interesting, too. He says, by the power vested in me by the overlords overlords of Oa. So it's not the Guardians, it's the overlords. Which, again, in later stories, they became yeah. kind of like overlords the way they were behaving. So Right, yeah. You know what I really liked about this issue, Donnie, is where uh, um, they kept, see, where they had editor's notes mm-hmm. and see this story, and it would be a, an inverse of a story that we've read. And then it said, coming never. Right. Uh, I always found that. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, there's going to be Ben Spinoza. And then I'm like, come in there. I'm like, oh, Never, that's, no, just, no. <laughs> that's just rude. Yeah. I, I, and I do like the, the the changes in perspective here because, you know, you see like, you see him giving the thumbs down and you see the faces of both the cop and the civilian getting ready to drop. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, you know, the with terrified looks on their faces. And yeah, yeah, so it's a lot of powerful imagery there. Yeah. So I also like the way his costume was drawn. Yeah, and they, oh, he looked great. Yeah, absolutely. The, art, the, yeah. the, the artists really did a good job with him. He, he was one of my favorite drawn yeah. of the bunch. Yeah. And, and so, we, yeah. yeah, go ahead, sir. No, no, then we move on from that. So to, the, the scene shifts to Central City. 
Yeah. And yeah, so we see quick yeah. and uh and a brutal image here too of um someone has been murdered with a crowbar and you see like the person's blood streaked on the crowbar. Yeah, uh, that was disturbing. Yeah, and yeah, so um this is Atomica and yeah, very disturbing imagery here and but this kind of cuts back to again a number of different things happening. And what was the name of that beast that like attacked them all at one point? What was it called? It kind of looked like Starro, but it wasn't Starro. It was the Starro of the universe. I can't remember what it was called though. Okay, yeah, because I yeah I didn't recognize the the name of it originally. I, I do like that it is though a Starro that's bringing them all together because it's it's well that's what fitting. Brought, yeah, what brought the Justice the original League? Justice League? Yeah, Justice League of America. Right, yeah. So I like that that you know parallel. Um, yeah. I I gotta be honest. I think th this Flash analog is my least favorite of the characters. Yeah, uh, I can see where you say that. Yeah, uh, he doesn't resemble the Flash as much. Yeah, and I I do see. Yeah, here it does say it it does say Starro. So I missed that the first time around, but I recognize Starro obviously. So. Yeah. 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 So the, and the look of him to me is off. I, not because of the artist. I just I've never liked his look in the past. So he was probably my least favorite character of the bunch. So after Ultraman fights off Starro, then we see the scene shift to Gotham City, where we see Owlman, who's another character I really like, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, and this would be. The interesting fact, there's two facts here. Whereas in the regular Batman books, it's the, 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 the Bat family that, that protects Gotham. Mm -hmm. um, in this, it's the Court of Owls that right. yeah. controls the, Gotham. Yeah, um, it, it, he talks about the Talons. The yeah. Talons, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is the part of the Court of Owls. Yeah. They're, they're like the they're like the uh, the muscle of the Court of Owls, right? The, 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 right? And, uh, and you uh, talked about Batman's no kill rule. Owlman does not have that. Oh, absolutely. That <laughs> he just, Owlman, he snaps the guy's goes, neck yeah, right away. Owlman goes full Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just snaps the guy's neck. Now, they're really, first of all, I love Owlman's look, like the visual look of him. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is, is menacing. Like, Obviously, by his actions, he's a villain. But just look-wise, you could pass him off as a hero. Like if you if you saw Owlman and you didn't know anything about him, you'd say, "Oh, well, that yeah." Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, he actually he actually calls himself a bird of prey at one point, though. Yeah, so. which is a nod to yeah. obviously, obviously owls are a bird of prey. But bird also of prey, yeah, yeah. Birds of prey in terms of the title, the comic title. Yeah. At uh, least we did, at least we didn't see him in Harley Quinn booty shorts. Yeah. I wouldn't have enjoyed that so much. Well, him, no. If we would see more <laughs> of Harley like that, then sure. But no, yeah. Uh, and listen, I may be biased, but it is what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, but um, listen, there's one reason why I went to see the Dukes of Hazard remake. And it's Jessica It's Jessica Simpson as, as uh, what's her name? Daisy Duke, whatever. Yeah, I believe it was Daisy Duke. You're talking. Yeah. I watched that when I was a kid, but I mean, you know. <laughs> but you know, I, that's I, I've why never I watched the reruns. So that's why I, I went to see the remake of that movie. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the real interesting thing for me, 
that they kept this the same, even though this is a reboot of the crime syndicate. That Thomas Wayne is the man under the cowl, not yeah. Bruce. Right. And the Alfred we see is a throwback to the early incarnation of Alfred, like look-wise. So, Stephen, when you read this book, you'll see a, a very different version of yourself in this, uh, in this story. And, uh, yeah. And I like the fact, too, that Al Mann says he doesn't want, like, video and facts of himself yeah. out there. He says, I want fable and folklore, not facts. Yeah, you know? it reminds me of, of 1989's Batman, where like, yeah. it, it, like, he literally says, I want you to tell all your friends. Like, he does yeah. the line. He, he wants this aura out there and this yeah. mystery. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So I got Batman 89 callbacks, which is always a good thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love his... his his uh, intro. Uh, and then again, it seems like we're all going to get... That was the last member introduced, right? Yes. So it seems like at some point... I mean, they're all going to interact and they're all going to... Because now, you know, there was a report and the, I think one of them was talking about the, the other in other cities, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was John Stewart that mentioned it. Yeah. So they're becoming aware of each other and now it's going to be fun to see them interact. Uh well, in fact, it says, uh, what, is, what does it say? Ultraman versus Superwoman next. So that's, that's the next story that we're going to yeah, see as so far as this continuity. Sometimes when, when our heroes first meet, they don't get along. Mm-hmm. Imagine how that's going to be amplified when they're villainous. Right. Because bo- both of those are very merciless characters. Yeah, there's going to be some property damage. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of that issue. So, Donnie? Actually, there is a backup story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's bring... We won't go in detail about it, but, but we'll mention it. It's essentially the Superman origin for Ultraman. For Ultraman, yeah. And what I liked about it the most was the fact that, you know, when he's going through, you know, Doom Planet, scientists trying to save their... And then, what do you call them? Duplicitous ingrate? Like, when they showed the Kents, it's yeah. like... Duplicitous ingrates or something yeah. like that. That was the, was the was the monologue, and I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, what you see in the story is they're revealing to him who he is when he's a child, yeah. and he does not take it well. I mean, no. this is he. Yeah, he reacts very negatively, and he basically steals the ship and leaves them. So yeah, yeah, and but also, I I don't blame him because this version of the Kents weren't the kind warm couple. They were the you know, you know, they were borderline pricks, and and you know, used him as child labor essentially. Yeah, and he and and you know, they they have the gall to say, after all we've done for you. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is Brightburn. Yeah. Oh, and very much so. Without without you take away the mask, and I mean, this very much looks like that. So. Yeah. So I, I really liked it. The 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 the, the origin kind of wrap yeah. up for that. He, uh, yeah, he calls him a couple of freeloaders. So. Yeah, yeah, that's another name he uses. And the art by David Finch, oh man, yeah, that guy can draw anything. And it says next the the paranoid Titan. Who's that going to be? I I'm assuming they're talking about him. Oh, it's going to continue his story. Okay, I see. Yes. Yeah. No, I really like the backup. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, but it, it was your it was your typical Superman origin, but inverted with. Him not loving the Kents the way Clark does. Right. And them obviously not having a strong family bond overall. 
So yeah, they're the. I mean, they're not your 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 stereotypical Midwestern family. They're the anything but. Right. Right. So, yeah, it was an interesting take to you know to, to see that again. And for people who may not be familiar with the crime syndicate, a good entry point. Oh, this is the perfect book to jump on for sure. Yeah. If you've never heard of them or are very unfamiliar, this is it. This is great. So, I guess out of out of five uh, for story and art, uh, I'm going to say four and four. I'm going to say. Four and four and a half. Okay. Four for story, four and a half for. Yeah, not really counting the backup because it's so short. So. Right, but uh, I will say, from what we saw, if I had to rate it, I'd give it a five across the board for the backup. So yeah. All right. Definitely recommend. Pick that one up. Definitely a fun read. Yeah. All right. So, the the big, the the big main event of the week for DC was infinite frontier number zero. So infinite frontier uh, number zero. And I need to point out, there are many stories in this. This is, let's go, let's go through the more broadly instead of like the general of each story. And then we'll talk about it. Well, but let me just point out that, you know, so people have an idea of where we're going. We get justice league, Batman, Superman, uh, green arrow and black canary, wonder woman, wonder girl, star girl, Green Lanterns, Green Lantern, Alan Scott, Teen Titans Academy, and The Flash. Yeah. And yeah. then an epilogue. Yes. With right. many different writers. I mean, this is a powerhouse issue. Yeah, it's it's essentially an all-star team of DC creators, basically. Yeah. Like, there's too many names. to. Le- I mean, the architect is probably Joshua Williamson on writing. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he seems to be the driving force of the new era of DC. Yeah. And, but when this book opens up, it's a lot of like, uh, again, kind of cosmic mystic energy. And, uh, we see that, uh, wonder woman that she's standing before uh, all these extremely powerful characters from the DC universe called the quintessence. Yes. And, and that's a guardian. Yeah, and the Phantom Stranger, and the Spectre, and uh, High Father, and yeah. uh, a couple more, and they're basically offering her a you know membership, a place within the Quintessence. Yeah, so they would be like the Watchers of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah, she uh, even says that at one point is what you know would I not influence anything? I would just kind of stay back and watch. And that's that's what they do. So yeah, and she's hesitant because she feels there's a great. I mean, at this point, Wonder Woman is kind of I don't want to say dead, but in between. Yeah, I actually didn't know I, the first image I saw of her. She's dressed in all like all white or all gray, and I didn't know who it was at first. Like so. if like uh, she's almost at a point where. If she chooses to stay and take up this position, she'll be dead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, an, an entity in that respect. Or if she chooses to not 
stayed and she'll go back to the land of the living. So she's kind of in that in between. She's kind of in purgatory. If you mm-hmm. think of death and heaven and earth and right, earth. right, that's kind of where she is. And, and uh, that's how that's how this issue is able to move around. You see various characters in various settings. They're watching from this kind of you know ethereal plane. Yeah. So she's worried about a threat. Mm-hmm. And she before she makes a decision, she wants to make sure about this threat, whether whether it's a thing or not. So that's what she asks of. Uh, Specter. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's the impetus of the issues. Yes. They're looking in on her her compatriots right. to try and find this threat. Right. And the first one that we see is Superman. And uh, this, by the way, I, I, I want to do mention the art was uh, by Jamal Eagle, I believe, who's an, a favorite of mine. I really did like the art. Wasn't it, was it the Shazam story first or the Black Eye? No, it was Superman who's the first. Well, Superman, and they they talk about uh, Black. He's in Adam. it. He's in it. But yeah, that's the Justice League one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, I was getting confused there. Yeah. So you do see uh, Shazam. Um, well, they mentioned Shazam. But they Black also, Adam. Yeah. Black Adam. They and they called him Shazadam. You know. Okay. No. 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 Let, let, <laughs> let, 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 let's address that. That's wrong because that's your name. <laughs> no. 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 But there was there was a big there was a big hoopla online. Oh. DC is changing the name of, of Black Adam to Shazam. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is simply a website got a hold of a preview issue, saw that line of dialogue, and assumed, hey, DC is changing the name, when all it is is a foreign character, not English, right, mm-hmm. has appropriately... Uh, appropriated that name for Black Adam because the symbol that he wears is the one of Shazam and he says to turn into Black Adam he says Shazam right. he, and I'm assuming that when she ran into Black Adam he called himself Adam so she gave him the name of Shazam but nobody said he's officially like you don't see Black Adam say, no, no, don't call me that. Call me, you know, he doesn't say, call me that. Right. It's a character assuming that that's what he's called. Well, and they mentioned in this story that he doesn't say very much. The woman says, you know, he's kind of like you, strong, quiet. Yeah. He helps save, he helps and leaves. So I think a lot of that was blown out of proportion, so I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, but it's setting the stage for that he's going to be part of it sets the stage that he's going to be part of the team right and we also see the flash show up in this story and he questions what's going on and superman says well maybe this is who he wants to be now meaning black adam maybe he wants to be a hero and my favorite line of this story is the flash and the flash is like you think that about everyone you know you think the best about everyone and that's the best part about superman right yeah that's that's a huge defining characteristic yeah. In fact, the, the Flash even says, "Old to be you, you know, <laughs> to be as optimistic as you are." So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is something that you know. Now, the issue immediately contrasts Batman with Superman, obviously there, because you know uh, Batman is definitely not always an optimist. And the scene cuts to Gotham City, and uh, in particular Arkham Asylum, and a, a lot of great. Uh, 
panels here from, you know, a uh, like up in the sky looking down on the buildings. I really liked how they uh, drew those. Yeah, they captured the essence of Gotham City and the look of Gotham City perfectly. Yeah. And I've always said that the best Batman stories make Gotham City as much of a character as that's a good point the city so that was well done and the big the big takeaway from this story is that there is a bomb there basically Bane via the Joker sets off a bomb within Arkham Asylum mm -hmm. that basically kills everybody except for 17 people right um, including Bane dies in this, you see, you know, kind of a Jokerized Bane who's yeah, yeah. chained to the wall, and yeah. that's what a gruesome image that was. It was very, yeah, very disturbing, but be again, beautifully disturbing. Yes. Uh, and so the key here is that the person responsible, or seemingly behind, or that's that's going to rise from the ashes of this chaos. Is Scarecrow mm -hmm. like he's gonna have a lot of? Uh, he's gonna be the next big bad in the Batman books, uh, and I gotta say, this version of Scarecrow looks absolutely horrifying in a good oh, way. Yes. In a good yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other cool part was Batman. You know, because what we're seeing now in Gotham is the start of this idea of anti-vigilante, specifically anti-mask wearing vigilantes. Mm -hmm. And so that puts Batman at odds with even the cops. Because he arrives on the scene, scans the scene and says, there's 70 people that survived. I'm going to go save them. The cops try to prevent them from going in. And he says, listen, you can shoot me in the back. Otherwise, I'm going in. And so that's really the take. Like it's really what these few pages do is set up where, in particular, the Batman title is going. And I think it's going to be fascinating. Right. Uh, seeing Scarecrow get some prominence, and seeing the fallout from this chaos, and knowing that this is what could potentially lead to the events of Future State. Mm -hmm. I think we're in for a fascinating uh, run on Batman here. Yeah. I really like, and you do see a number of other heroes here, including uh, Oracle, Batwoman, Huntress. You yeah. do see Jace. Yeah, and, Oracle yeah. is back. Oracle is back. Uh, Barbara is back as Oracle, and now there are two Batgirls, both Stephanie and um, Cassandra. Mm -hmm. And Huntress is there, so maybe we're going to get like I'm hoping this leads to a reformed Birds of Prey book. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, again, I, I think part of the reasons why characters don't have books yet is because they haven't been announced. But I think more rollout is coming. It's just going to be it's staggered. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's certainly the world of Gotham is, is going to, I think, expand. With, the, with Again, we're going to get Birds of Prey back in a book, which is nice. And I think I've read rumors about a, a, Batgirl, a Batgirl's book. Hmm. Interesting. Stephanie and... and and uh, Cassandra. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. So, another line that I like here, though, is before the the scene cuts to Themyscira, you see Wonder Woman again, 
And it says that uh, the Spectre is telling her, you remain tethered to your old life, but soon that connection will be severed. You will see life for what it really is. And she says, and what is that? And he says, nothing more than a vestibule. So a very kind of small, short period of time. I yeah. really thought that was powerful. Yeah. So, But uh, then the, the scene cuts the Themyscira with a lot of really beautiful art here of the Amazons kind of fighting for who's going to be the new Wonder Woman with Diana gone. Yeah, and I like how the story makes you think that it's going to be Nubia because that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But then there's a big switch that happens. Mm-hmm. Which is? Well, what? which thing are you talking about there? The big switch with uh, when uh, Queen Hippolyta comes back and basically tells Nubia, I'm not putting anybody else at risk. Oh, right. She does say that, yeah. And so she decides that she's going to be the Amazonian representative on Earth. Mm-hmm. And Nubia will take her place as queen. Queen, yeah. And they also mention, you know, trying to investigate Yara Floor. Yes. Because we know a Wonder Girl book is coming, so... Right, right. Yeah. But this now explains why Queen Hippolyta is a member of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. Yeah. Because... And that doesn't mean that, yeah, Nubia is still going to be uh, prominently featured in, in DC's Well, I'd, future, assume that, I'd assume that she's in the Wonder Woman book, right? Like, yeah. she'll be... When they featured the Amazons, she'll be the queen, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and she'll spe- definitely have a place, for sure. Speaking of Yara, we do get a couple pages of her. Yeah. yeah. I'm so looking forward to that book. No, I definitely see this appealing to, you know, teenagers and people in their early 20s. And, uh, I mean, it appeals to me, too. But I, I, uh, yeah, you don't get a whole lot of Yara in this book. No, no. But given given how they set her up in Future State, I'm definitely intrigued to to at least check out Wonder Girl to start. Yeah. Give it a shot and see how it goes, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, I I found everything about this issue intriguing. The, the various like the setups. Yeah, the yeah. setups for the various characters. Uh, now the scene after we see Yara, we see the scene shift to Battery Park, New York. Uh, we see you know kind of the spirits of Wonder Woman and the Spectre, and we get a very interesting scene here. And this is the Justice. Uh, we well we see. The, uh, uh, the where the Justice Society of America used to meet, and it's a scene with some of my favorite characters, one being Alan Scott, Jade uh, being one of my favorite female characters in any comic, yeah. and Obsidian. And what you see here is Alan admitting to his children that he was gay all along. That, I, yeah. So I mean, what, was, what was your impression? It was very short. Uh, very. I mean, there was no action whatsoever. No. But it was so heartfelt, and it felt so honest and legitimate. Like, they didn't trivialize the moment by making it so easy to roll off the tongue. No, very. he, he yeah. obviously was struggling. And, and in fact, Obsidian is like, you're getting caught up in the preamble, just say it. But they, but they also didn't make it like some horror, like... I get his trepidation, and I think largely because 
um, largely because he's been living a lie mm -hmm. for that long, right? Right. Um, that it would be difficult, but they, they didn't make, you know, some people, when you hear about their, their, their story, like, it's like it's almost the worst thing in the, like some you think it's the worst thing in the world they don't play it as like overly one way or the other it, there's right. a, there's a good balance of being trepidatious but also like the positivity coming out of the other side right and, uh, and you know jade embraces him and i i, I do want to you know make the the point here that yes allen's come out before but that was the the Earth Two version. Yes, yes. And the, the yeah. New Fifty Two. This is the classic Martin Adele version that has come out to his children. Yes. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I am so. I love the art in this in this short couple of pages. And listen, DC. In terms of books that I hope is part of an announcement at some point. I got three letters for you. J S A. Give us a JSA book. It's not that difficult. I thought you were going to say RKO. So, anyway. well, yeah, well, that, yeah. <laughs> no, but the, listen, if they don't give me a JSA book, I'm going to go RKO somebody over there. That's, uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. uh, but listen, The Rock is putting the JSA in a movie. You know, The Rock is the big, one of the biggest entertainers in the world. Arguably the biggest movie he's, star. He's in the probably right going to make you guys a billion dollars. I just want to point that out. Yeah. And you're not going to put a book out of the GSA. Come on. I mean, that's you, that's an excellent point, sir. Business one on one, guys. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so then the scene cuts to the uh, Teen Titans book. Yeah. Uh, the, or the Teen Titans backdrop, I should say, the Teen Titans yeah. story. And basically, it's a bunch of kids that are going to. Titan Towers. What am I? Yeah, Titan Towers to be part of a school, Titans Academy. Yeah, to be the future generations of Titans. I got to be honest, I like the Titans, but this was my least favorite story. Well, piece. yeah, not a lot happened. It again, it's just like you said, it was just kind of a gathering of characters. Because yeah. I could see a, like forty-five butterballs coming out of this 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 story. <laughs> Uh, he's talking about Roundhouse, by the way, for those yeah, of you. Yeah, but my name for him is Butterball. Let's say, so get on board. <laughs> Butterball. Ha hashtag Butterball. <laughs> uh, Butterball, greater symbol over, what's the Roundhouse? Yeah. Change uh, the name, DC. Butterball <laughs> over Roundhouse, yeah. But no, I, to me, it's like... That one, like... I... That one, to me, that book is a wait to see potentially in a trade. Like, I have no no rush to go pick that up. Well, you know, I, I said before, and again, you know, I think it's important to, you know, admit, you know, your biases. The Teen Titans aren't my favorite characters. So, again, that's that's something that I may pick up later and kind of fill in the gaps on various stories. So, yeah, so right now but I'm, not, I'm not in a rush to read that one. It's a temp it's a temporary pass on Butterball or us. <laughs> All right, so um, let's because we've kind of skipped over the, the, the Superman part, and I know Stephen would get upset if we didn't. If we didn't well, no, the the Superman Superman is next. It focuses oh, oh, there, on there. You go, Steve Segway. Yeah, it focuses on right? Jonathan. Yeah. It focuses on Jonathan Kent. Yeah, 
And the specter seems to have some reservations about him. He thinks that he's going to become like a fascist, a tyrant in the future. Yeah. Which, why, why would he think that? Is money? Is money? Well, you know, having seen, I guess, other characters from the multiverse, like maybe Ultraman, he thinks that that's the road. Oh, that John, super people. Huh? Yeah, that that he's going to go down that road. And think about it, John Kent is a is a hybrid human Kryptonian. So we don't know what that what that could do to a person. You know. Well, in, in this story, he's fighting a beast called the Imperial Maul. Which is an interesting thing, because it seems like it's new to me. And, like, I like, you know, the, I, I think the Superman books are best when they find a balance between the sci-fi aspect of Superman, when they can balance the sci-fi superheroics with the investigative journalist kind of homegrown stuff. So the best Superman stories to me are a good balance between those things. And I think one of the two, based on this story, I could see one of the two Superman books really hammering home this sci-fi aspect, and the other one going more superhero slash reporter-driven kind of stories. So, uh, and, and so, I'm just based on on this little tease. I think it dispels a lot of a lot of the the, the fears that that the Spectre had. Because of how smart John was in dealing with the problem. Like, yeah. Well, and w- what you see here too is that he actually, instead of just destroying this thing, he's able to like kind of fly through yeah. time, and he sees when the mall is kind of this you know new being yeah. that when it was newly lost and it was alone and helpless, and he saves it. Yeah. And he stops it from being this thing in the future. Right. So I think. You know, he can resonate with, with with characters that are feeling that because at some point he's felt that as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, and we'll see it together where John Kent goes in the main Superman books. Yeah. And so the next story we cut to Black Canary and Green Arrow. Yeah. Uh, they are not in costume. They are not. Oh, no, they're sharpening their. Uh, they're sharpening uh, the arrows. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that's a that's an interesting way to put it. They yeah. are enjoying a happy time, couple yeah. time, shall yeah. we say? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so they get a call from was it Red Arrow? I believe. Yeah, Roy. Which is yeah, Roy. Surprising because yeah. last time I checked, he was dead. Um, yeah, but not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And uh, yeah, so he makes his way into this story. Uh, quickly cuts then to Stargirl. And I really like the art in this one. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, it just it correlated very well to, the, like, again, what they're trying to do with her here. So there, there are some, you know, there are some pairings in comics where the art and the story just, like, it's a perfect marriage. Right. This is the case. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I would definitely say that, too. Sometimes that's not always the case, but it, it definitely is here. And I like how it takes advantage of people's awareness of the show and gives you that bare bones you know, similarity that the show and the, and the book can have. Yeah. 
I also, also like the villain that the uh, King Midas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Midas anyway. touch. In, you know, yeah, the Midas in, touch. Anyway, so. But also, yeah, so, go ahead, sir. introduce the, a, a new group or an old group. A new old group, if that's how you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is the, uh, wh wh who are they? The Seven Soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I think they predate the uh, JSA, correct? Yes. Yes, they do. And we know they're getting a mini, a one, a one shot written mm -hmm. by Jeff Johns. So yeah, yeah. You see Starman and Vigilante, and uh, yeah, the was it the Star Spangled Kid? Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. You also see, of course, Pat as uh, as uh, Stripes. Stripes. Uh, yeah, he comes in and saves her, and she says, "Yeah, that's him in the tin can, the big, you know." Uh, yeah. yeah, that felt like the TV show relationship. Yeah, it really, it really did. Yeah, obviously they're trying to exploit that, which they should because Star Girl's a great show. Well, and isn't it convenient that Star Girl featured in a comic, and she has a TV show currently airing? Right. You see how that symmetry works, right? So yeah, JSA should have the same luxury, is what I'm yeah. saying. Well, and you see her; she's late for school at Blue Valley High School, and uh, the principal is like, "You know, you're late again, Miss Whitmore. What's the deal this time?" And she kind of fumbles around for excuses, and Pat shows up, and you know he kind of saves her there. Yeah, which I liked. Yeah, I yeah I like that too. And so. then takes her right back out of school to go. Right. He yeah. At first he says, "Yeah, you forgot your lunch," but you know then problems arise, and he has to take her right back out because he gets a call. Right from the from this group. Here, so. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to read the one shot to find out where that goes. But I'm intrigued. Right. Right. And. If, that, if this led to an ongoing with Stargirl at the center of it, sign me up. Mm -hmm. Written by Jeff Johns, sign me up. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Jeff Johns, you know, being her creator, he knows how to, you know, write that character. Yeah. So Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, yes, and, you know, we're aware that there's a lot of controversy surrounding Jeff Johns right now. We're not going to, you know, get into all yeah, that. No, we're, we're, just, we're strictly as a comic writer. Yeah, we're just, yeah, we're just talking about the story here. Uh, then things go back to Arkham Asylum. Yeah, That's which what, basically what I talked about earlier, which just sets up the idea that there there's an anti-mask sentiment going on. Yeah, I really Ra like Batman's uh, the uh, the the uh, the Bat Cycle here, the way the Bat oh, Cycle yeah. was rendered. Yeah, yes, uh, the art was great. I think it's uh, Jorge Jimenez. I think mm -hmm. was the artist, and he's he's the current artist on on the Batman book. So you'll get a lot more of his book art there. Um, but he's great. He's great. And Tiny is doing some great work on the writing. So, and I like what James Tiny is doing because he's introducing new villains as well, mm -hmm. like punch, think, like a punchline. Yeah, and now he's introducing. He makes an appearance another, here. Yeah, he's going to introduce another one coming up. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to see that on the ground floor. But yes, the Batman Rogues Gallery has great characters, but to keep it enduring, you have to create more at some point. And I'm glad that he's doing that. And like there's you, only so many times you can recycle the Joker. Well, right. You know, Joker's always interesting, but at the same time, you know, you do have to... He needs you know, a break at some point. Yeah, you know? he, uh, that's a good way to put it. Him and now, Batman need some time apart. <laughs> <laughs> None of this from the first fight to the last. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, you know, you talked about it earlier, only 17 people survived the explosion. Uh, Mahoney is actually really grievously injured in this. He uh, he gets a couple of the nurses out of Gotham, but one of his legs is blown off. So yeah. 
Yeah. There's a lot uh, of limbs being. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Today, today it? is just. Uh, <laughs> this episode was brought to you by uh, uh, missing limbs, I guess. I don't know. Removed <laughs> limbs, I don't know. But, uh, uh, but um, yeah, it's. But the image you talked about, that's that's here, where the cops like show up and they try to stop Batman and he's like, I'm going back in there because there are seventeen people alive in there. And it just like it put Batman in yes, he looks ominous, foreboding, but also heroic, the way he's walking towards that burning building, right? The way he's walking to the burning Arkham. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of the scene in BBS where Bruce Wayne is walking into the disaster as opposed to away from it. Right. Which is a very, you know, heroic thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I can't wait to see more of what that creative team has. In, now, Officer Mahoney, well, isn't that the, a nod to the? Uh, oh no, that's O'Hara. Never mind. I was going right. to say the '66, but that's Chief O'Hara. Yeah. Different. Yeah. So now that ends with the character you were talking about, and that is Simon Saint. Yes, he's the. Yeah. He's the, he's the basically forefather of the magistrate, which is was right. prevalent in future state. And wow, are you right? Very visually eye grabbing. I mean, wow. Scarecrow, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's creepy. So yeah, I mean, you know, I cannot wait to see McFarlane make a figure of oh. that character. <laughs> if they keep making these figures. I'm gonna go broke, man. Like, stop it. Yeah. So. Then the scene cuts to hyperspace, and we see a certain vehicle headed towards Oa. And you will be shocked that this was my favorite story. Really, Donnie? I mean, <laughs> I could have swore it was going to be... The Teen Titans? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, Donnie's going to love this Teen Titans book. Uh, the issue, and uh, I mean, I know there's Green Lantern in there, but uh, in this book, but he's not going to care about that. Yeah. Why would Donnie <laughs> care about the Green Lantern story? Who, 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 oh, what kind so, of bizarre um, world are we living on? Yeah. So th there's there's a funny little epilogue to this too that has nothing to do with actually the story. So what we see is that uh, John Stewart, Simon Baz, and Kelly Quintella are headed to Oa, and part of it is I guess the Guardians are concerned about her having. The uh, the gauntlet that she has, which is good, by the way. I thought that's something that needs to be addressed. Yes, we Hopefully, talked about that. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope Jeffrey Thorne can develop that a little bit and, like, you know, kind of answer that character and, and that part of the character that I think needs to be yeah. developed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really do like his writing and, and uh, you know, I trust him to do that. And so we see that um, the conversation here. And part of this is. You know, the, DC has long talk, talked about, you know, the United Federation of Planets, yeah. um, that being something that happens in the future. Well, it, see, it seems like that is now happening. Yeah. That we are seeing that now, and how are the Green Lanterns going to fit into to this? What is their role right. in, this, in this kind of new reality? Right. So... I really liked how this story was framed in that through Kelly's studying, she was providing some exposition for maybe potentially new Green Lantern fans. Yeah. 
right. with some yeah. bare bones history, which I thought was cool. Oh, very much so. She talks about the history of the Maltusians and how they broke up into like, you know, the, the controllers yeah. and the guardians yeah. and the yeah. Zamron. So yeah. I, I like the yeah. way that was framed so that if you're new to Green Lantern, you get a little taste. And I'm sure she'll probably explore some of that more as the ongoing kicks up because, you know, to ask a fan to start reading from, you know, even Jeff John's run, that's a lot of reading. Yes. Right? Well, so, Green Lantern has, you know, it has splintered into more than one book at a time. So Right. So, I mean, this is a good, having her be the vessel, the vessel for new readers and to give that exposition, I think is a good way to go. Yeah. I also like the commentary from Simon Baz where he's like, me and Jess made a good team. And so you're getting some of that flavor too. Yes. And that era of Greenland. So there's a bit of something for everybody, right? Um, right. Well, the, the funny part is on Twitter, you know, I said, you know, I was very relieved because I, saw I, that. <laughs> I hear that they didn't kill my boy. And Jeffrey Thorne's like, I already told you, I'm not going to kill Hal. I'm not going to debilitate him. And I was like, I was talking about Kyle because you, you actually see John or uh, Simon mentioned Kyle here and Jeffrey Thorne was like, oh, Kyle, my bad. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I was, nobody would tell me what was going to happen to Kyle. The poor guy, listen, I, I feel for the poor guy because he's getting hammered by by Hal Jordan fans. <laughs> and here, I, I'm just worried about my boy Kyle. I was going to jump yeah. in, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let Donnie fight this one on his own because... <laughs> I've had a good relationship with the few tweets I've made to Jeff Thorne, so yeah. I don't want to piss him off or anything at block because I'm actually really looking forward to his run. Oh, very much. So, I've spent a lot of money on Jeff Thorne comics lately, so, so obviously well, I Jeff, like Jeff, we're going we're to give your – listen, you can count on us giving your run a fair shake. Definitely. And uh, if you ever want to help us out and come on our podcast – We'd love hey, to talk that, to you, so. by the way, again, if you've never seen Jeff Thorne on a podcast, he's a very interesting guy, even beyond comics. He's oh. lived a very full life. He's done a lot of different entertainment things. So, yeah, yeah, he, he's well versed. Well yeah, look up the things that are attributed to him. It's pretty amazing everything that he's been involved in. Yeah, so. don't, don't don't just take social social media interactions out of context, right? You know, but uh, which is <laughs> par for the course in society today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I, again, I, I appreciated that where he was like, "Oh, yeah. Kyle." You know? I'm like, I'm like, I'm staying out of this because. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So, anyway, that story ends with uh, the ship that they have. They are approaching Oa. So. Yeah, and I like how Kelly sees Oa for the first time. First time, which is yeah. what I was talking about with you about how like reading other books and then going back to Green Lantern when it comes out. Yeah. Will be that oh wow moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I also like the the back view there. You get to see the back of the gauntlet that she's wearing, yeah. like the power pack. Yeah, I thought now, that was cool. Do you think that gauntlet is more powerful than the Infinity Stone, the Infinity Gauntlet? Then the well, I there's some mystery. This is not the gauntlet of Krona, so I'm I'm still like a, a little in the dark here about where that well, came from exactly. They need to she do a crossover from, between she, the two gauntlets, so then we can cover it, and I can say, end the show with. From the first gauntlet to the last. To the last, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she got it from, uh, you know, she got it from this dying alien who basically told her, you know, uh, use it and then pass it along. So we still don't know a lot about These that gauntlet. dying so. aliens like to give us their crap and expect us to do it. <laughs> exactly. so how do you want me to do so. with this thing, you know? Um, but then we get another story with uh, The Flash. The Flash. Two the flashes, flash, actually. Yeah. The Flash is, yeah. Flash is, yeah. And, uh, you know, we flash usually... Eye? Flash eye or flash... Which is it? 
But we see flashes, it's, it's flash eye, which oh, well, that's that's a good point. No, I, I'm, I think it's flashes. Okay. <laughs> flash eye. Nobody gets um, flashed in the in the book, though. Thank God. Yeah, and in fact, there's two. And you and I, we usually do a podcast called "A Flash of Two Mics." So you don't say it. Where can you find this podcast? You now? can find that on iTunes and Podbean. All right, good. James, let's plug. All right, you can look so, on the book set us up for our plugs. All right. So, uh, actually, this one, again, it features both Barry and Wally. Yes. And uh, you also see, uh, was it Calvin Ellis, the Earth-23 Superman? Yes, I right. have a no. yeah. Okay, Wait, go ahead, sir. Can I, can I put my tinfoil hat? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> imagine hat. my tinfoil hat on, folks, with my disappearing hands. Yes. Um, but we just recently got the announcement of a Superman film, right, written by Tanahisi Coates. Right, right. And now that I know how to pronounce his name, I like saying it, so every once in a while I'll say it. <laughs> but have you noticed the last few days on Twitter, DC's really kind of pushing to, to learn about Calvin Ellis, and now right. he's featured in this story? I wonder, Donnie, do you think that's by design? Because uh, I, I think Calvin Ellis is going to be the Superman of that film, personally. It, you know, it could be what I've read of President Superman Calvin Ellis is very interesting. I, I can't say I've read a lot about him, but yeah, like he's only been in like for sure two issues, but now three yeah. with this. But so yeah. I hope they do more with the character, because, and it seems like they will. Because if you're going to set people up for him being in a movie, you got to get some more exposure out there. So hopefully, yeah. that's the case. Um, but. Yeah, continue. So Barry is is interacting with Calvin Ellis. Uh, well, first he's, he he runs past President Superman, which is Calvin Ellis, and he has this conversation with with Wally, and he says that he's been offered a place on the Justice Incarnate, where he's going to like map this new omniverse that has come about after the Death Metal event. Yes, and of course Wally says, "Well, who's going to be the Flash in Justice League?" And of course, Barry's like, it's going to be you, you know. Yes, yes. So uh, you know, we've been down that road before, and you and I both liked that run. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm over the moon. Look, I love Barry. I, I, I do. Likewise, yeah. But when I got into Justice League, and when I came back to DC, a large part of my comeback was from the DC animated universe, mm-hmm. and the Flash in that universe was Wally. And right. then when I, when I picked up my first Flash comic, the Flash was Wally. So for me to see Wally back, take my money, DC. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it kind of spoils the, the, the solo Flash book because now we know who's taking over. But I digress. I'm still going to read it. Yeah, I got the, uh, the alternate cover. Can you see that well enough? That's beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I got the alternate cover. That's a second printing. So. Which Flash is that, though? Oh, it's Future State Flash. Yeah, it's Future State. It's, yeah. uh, it's the uh, the one from Justice League. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. And, yeah, I also picked up. I, even though this is not my favorite look for Jon Stewart, I guess, you know, it's Green Lantern, so I had to pick it up. Oh, so. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, again, you're shocking me today with all this <laughs> green... All these Green Lantern revelations, Donnie, that you're a fan of Green Lantern. I mean, who knew? (laughs) Who knew? Um, 
But no, I'm I'm over the moon. Like I can't like I've ne- again, and we're, we're I mean we pretty much came to the end of, of future state. Well, yeah. the epilogue. Let's talk about the epilogue first. Well, we we cut back to Wonder Woman and the Spectre, and again we yeah. said at the beginning of this that she was being offered a spot Corey, in the quintessence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's being offered a spot in the quintessence, and she refuses it though at the at the very end. She says, and we no see way, her. Jose. Yeah, she kind of goes, reverts to her, uh, a more classic looking type of Wonder Woman costume. And she kind of rejoins, re- you know, rejoins the reality of what Infinite Frontier is going to be. Yeah, because she wants to be part of this new universe, not watching it. Yeah, she says, and now I find myself on a different shore and it's time to set sail into the Infinite Frontier. And the last image is all of these heroes kind of coming at you from that point of view, and it's really beautiful. And it's, so. it's my favorite page of the, well, okay, the Green Lantern story, because Dexter, Dexter Soy can, again, can draw the phone book, and I'd buy it, and I'd buy my multiple copies of it. Mm-hmm. And that's how good his art is. But aside from Dexter Soy's work, I mean, let's be honest, the art in every page of this book was phenomenal. There, like I said, there were a the couple that I, was, eh, yeah. but the, the, yeah. the reveal in the epilogue made me look past the social art. Whoa, I, I tell you, the uh, the what happens at the end is pretty amazing, though, because yeah. we see and spoiler here if you don't want a big spoiler, yeah. we're, we're about to give it to you in three, two, one. Several members of the quintessence are killed, including apparently the Spectre and Ganthet are killed by Darkseid. Right, so Darkseid is back. Yeah, and and looking, you know, very much powered up. I yeah, mean, he looks great. He looks great. He, uh, I will say, I wasn't a fan of the overall art of that those pages, but when it came to seeing Darkseid, yeah, yeah. And, and Donnie, isn't it amazing how we're gonna get Darkseid in live action in a couple of weeks, and now he's back in the? It's almost as if they're, as if they're gonna tee up for a, some sort of New Gods movie. <laughs> I mean. Shocking how there's the, are you telling me there could be corporate synergy at work here, Donnie? Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and this this tells you this gives you a huge list of all these comics that are being you know like relaunched in some manner yeah. over the next few months. This so. is giving you a list of saying, look, here's how we're going to take your money. Right, <laughs> exactly. This is how we're going to pick you know all the money out of your wallet. And I'm saying <laughs> here, take it all. Well, except for the Teen Titans Academy, but everything. <laughs> yeah, um, but. No, uh, Donnie, uh, based on, I mean, uh, the solicitations already had me intrigued. Mm-hmm. But now reading this, my excitement for comic books, and DC specifically here, is hitting new levels again. Because there, there are so many books I'm looking forward to. Likewise. Um I, I bet you, you know, Harley Quinn number one and Joker number one, I bet both of those sell extremely well. Yeah, and I mean, it, we'll, I, we'll check out Joker number one, and we'll probably do a review on one of these one of these shows in the Batman, for the Batman segment. But, uh, you know, me being the Batman fan that I am, of course I'm going to check out Joker. Like, if you tell me there's a Joker book <coughs> coming, Adam's going to check out the Joker book. Like, it's just a, yeah. a foregone conclusion. But the fact that, you know, now I, I'm looking at, I'm reinvigorating, I'm, I'm 
like this this infinite frontier has reminded me why I'm also a Flash fan. It's reminded me why I love Green Lantern. It's it's reinvigorating and it's, be, it's being a reminder of why I love these characters beyond my top two guys, right? Right. So, and again, I may not be getting Kyle right now, but I'm getting Wally. Right. Uh, At least Kyle's not dead. We know that now. Yeah, and so <laughs> so there's so much like. I'm even going to check out the first couple of issues of Wonder Woman to see what's going on there. Like, oh, likewise, yeah. There, there are books that I normally wouldn't have, like, you know, I read Wonder Woman as like a trade buyer kind of thing. Now I'm going to check out the first couple of issues monthly for a bit just to see, you know. I'm going to give it one, look, I'm going to try, again, with the exception of, sorry, the Intense Academy, <laughs> and, and maybe Swamp Thing because the Future State one didn't really appeal to me. I'm going to give a lot of titles that I, I was trade reading at least one story arc to, to impress me. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come on board for a story arc. And if you impress me, I'll keep buying you. If not, I'll wait to, for the trades. Yeah. But I'm giving a lot more titles a chance. Now. Right. And, and I'll say this too. Infinite Frontier number zero, I absolutely loved it. It's one of the oh, best yeah. comics I've read in the last couple of years. Oh, Amazing. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So let's give it an overall rating. Overall rate of five and five plus. I mean, they're, you know, again, very different art styles. I mean, you had a number of them, but the art, just because there was so much packed into this issue, right. so amazing. I absolutely loved it. It was like going through, yes. you know, the years of DC. And for you a long time, it was, it was cool, though. It was a what? 60 some odd page book, but it didn't feel like a, a long, drawn out read. Oh no! It went by so quickly. There were there were so many things happening. It was just it was very pleasant experience. Yeah. I yeah. So, I mean, for me, these are exciting times. I think Future State set the table. I think Infinite Frontier gave us a little bit of an appetizer, mm -hmm. and now we're fixing to get the main courses. Yeah, and. And for somebody who's been watching and, you know, been involved in the DC universe since, you know, that background that you have right there, since yeah. I was watching that on Super Friends, yeah, this was so, very, very satisfying. Uh, isn't this a great time to be starting a, a, a overall DC Comics regular show once a oh, month? It's, yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, I enjoy this so much. You have no idea. So well, my, this was my ploy to get you reading Batman comics more regularly. Okay. So my, my my trick worked. See see if I'm 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 bringing them over to the darkness of Gotham, folks. <laughs> Slowly but surely, you just watch. No, hey, you know I I love the only yeah, yeah. you know the only reason I don't I'm playing games. You know I'm playing games. If there's know. any comic out there that I'm not reading, it's only because I can't afford them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, this is this is true. But we're going to be covering as much of these comics as humanly possible to bring you our thoughts. We're going to do segmented shows so going forward. So we're going to have a Batman-Superman show where you get the main Batman titles, the main Superman titles, and the occasional like special, like uh, Superman Red and Blue. We'll, we'll check that out. We'll check out Joker, as, as Donnie mentioned. And then we're going to do Flash and Green Lantern together because we like that pairing. Yes, we do. So we're going to pair those two together. And we'll probably throw in, you know, on lighter, on lighter weeks, we'll throw in the Justice League book in, the, in, that, in that show too. 
And, you know, we'll, we'll give Wonder Woman a, a go and see how that's like, at least for a couple of issues. So we're going to try and give you our thoughts on, on different flavors of DC. And then, you know, but we're going to cover, we're going to make, the main focus is we're going to have you covered in terms of the main leaguers. Uh, right. And you're still going to get our, 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 our podcast where we go to the back issues of Green Lantern through Emerald Echo and through the Flash and the Flash of Two Mics. But we, want, we wanted to bring you a show that keeps you, while it's great to look back and, and, and to relive those moments, we also want to push the genre forward and talk about what's actually happening right now. And this show will give you a chance. And we'll tell right. you what we think. And, I mean, we're not going to say, don't. if we don't like a book, we're not going to tell you don't buy it. We'll, we'll encourage you. All we're doing is, one way or another, giving our perspective. If there's a character you love, even though it may, we may not be hot on a, on a book, but if you love that character, you don't have to. Our word is not the final say; it's just what we think. Right. That that's if a you, good that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. If you love a character, at the end of the day, and we maybe don't in in a particular book, it's okay. Check that character out. So, right. just take our take our opinions as they are opinions. Yes. From two fans who love these these books. We we are people who read comics every day. We yeah. love this genre. We're here to be ambassadors for the comic book yeah. industry. Yes, we don't love everything and we may tell you that there are things we don't like, but that doesn't mean it's not worthwhile for you. You may like you may have you, opinions very different from us. You will never hear me say don't buy this book. I I will never utter those words. I promise you. I, I will never steer you in that direction. So yeah. when you're listening to this show, even if you hear us say some negative complaints about a certain run or a certain issue, we're not going to do it in a way that's disparaging right. to who could Maybe, be you know, fan. like, you know, again, you know, neither one of us are huge Teen Titans fans, but if you're well, into the Teen Titans, by all means, look, by if, if eventually we try the trade, there's a chance that we could like it. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there was there was a point in uh, a couple of different times when Kyle, you know, had the Teen Titans in his run, Volume Three of Green Lantern, and I like that. So yeah, so there's yeah. always a chance, right? Right. So, but rest assured that, that your your favorite character will not be trampled on uh, by us, other than to say either we like the book or we don't. But we're not going to go on a, on, a, on a hate campaign. No. On, on your favorite character, so even even if it's Nort. You know, I, uh, you said some nice things about Nord. So this, and listen, See? yeah, my, all you have to do is listen to me say this, and this should give you, this should give you the indication that I am as unbiased as I can be. Everybody who knows me, via podcasting or in real life, or has had any extended conversation with me, knows that my personal opinion is that I cannot stand Batman and Robin the movie. However. If there was a young child who their first exposure to Batman was that film, and regardless of its flaws, they still love it, and that made them a Batman fan, then fantastic for them. I am happy. I'm happy to have another Batman and DC fan into the fold, whether I like what he likes or not, or she or not. So, See, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't that, agree more. Yeah. That, that's what you're going to get from me. You may look, I may make jokes about George Clooney right. and, the, and the nipples. But at the end of the day, if that's what you like, go for it. You know, right. Good for you. So that's our promise to you is we're going to cover these books. We're going to tell you what we like. If We're not going to sugarcoat. Like If there's something we don't like, we're going to say it. But 
ultimately, at the end of the day, the decision to pick these books up are yours. What we will say in closing is that what we really want you to do is be it digitally or physically is to support the comic book industry. That's yes. the aim of this show. To, to yes, give indeed. A voice to give exposure to the beloved books that house our favorite characters and tell our favorite stories. And so that's what we're going to do. And in closing, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. There are going to be many more to come. And I will say that clearly, because there's going to be an Infinite Frontier miniseries in the summer that was announced. So it's pretty clear that the Infinite Frontier era of DC is forever. From the first frontier to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everybody. <laughs>